This week's episode is sponsored by Smart Home. Looking to simplify your life? Whether it's planning your week or just remembering where your appointments are, Smart Home can help with that. They provide everything from personal assistance like Google Home or Alexa to automated lighting systems and security cameras like Ring for your home. Their products are affordable, easy to program devices that communicate over your home's existing wiring and over radio frequency signals. That means that your appointments are always remembered and that your house is always safe. As a thank you for listening to our podcast, you can use the discount code NERD10, that's N-E-R-D-1-0, at checkout for 10% off on their website, smarthome.com. You can follow them at Smart Home on Instagram and at Smart Home Inc. on Twitter. Hey guys, Matt here, otherwise known as Minerva, and you're listening to my interview with Pop Nerd Lounge. Welcome to Pop Nerd Lounge, the show that shares the stories of creatives to inspire fellow creatives. I'm your host, Steph Pham. Today's episode features an artist that got known to the public eye by writing a musical based on the catalog of one of his musical influences, 21 Pilots. We talk about that experience and how that led him to create his sole artist persona. He just released a new single titled Stuck, and we discuss how that record was based on his experiences in quarantine. We talk about mental health as creatives, how his different musical influences inspired his own sonic signature, and we also discuss his upcoming plans such as an EP in the future. This is Minerva. Welcome to Popner Lounge. My guest today is Matt Wagner, also known as Minerva. Matt, thank you so much for joining me. What up? How are you doing today? Doing wonderful. We're so glad to have you here. Oh, I'm very excited. It's going to be a good time. What is your origin story with music? My origin story with music? Uh, so, my, I'm the son of two musicians. My mom's a singer and my dad's a drummer. Very lucky to get both those genes. Yeah, that worked out very nicely. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so basically, uh, music's been around my house ever since I was a very young kid. I, some of my earliest memories are like from my dad's gigs. And so, yeah, I remember when I was like five, I was like, Dad, can I learn how to play the drums? And so from there, he was like, yeah, sure. You can't reach the pedals, but we'll make it work. And uh, yeah, so that was, I started doing that and started flirting with music a lot there. But then I joined my first band when I was 13. It was like a Rush cover band, a lot of other classic rock stuff. So yeah, I was was drumming, but no one else in the band could sing. So they were like, yo, Matt, you, you got this right. I'm like, yeah, I can play drums and sing. I'll figure it out. And so, yeah, before I knew it, I totally fell in love with music, got the songwriting bug eventually. Eventually the the band dissolved, but then I started recording in my basement a lot. And so that was really where I started like, you know, developing my craft and me and my, my songwriting partner at the time. Yeah. We had a little band called Remedy. And yeah, so from there I continued, continued with that uh, rock group until I was in, until I went to college. And then from there I Moved to Nashville, learned how to songwrite because God, I was horrendous before that. And yeah, from there, came to my journey as Minerva about four years ago, I want to say now. I was working an internship at a, a guitar company and basically I just, I did not enjoy doing HR work and I was uh, listening to this band right back here, uh, Deftones, and they have a song called Minerva. And I was like, yo, what if someone took like the shoegaze like elements of like this music, like really atmospheric guitars and synths and put like trap beats on top of it. Now that sounds interesting. And so I was like, I'll call it Minerva, which is the Roman goddess of wisdom. And I was like, I, I think this all ties together. I like this. 
And you were talking about your rock influence and your hip hop influence, and you even have some musical theater influence. How has that diverse taste allowed you to create your own lane or sonic signature in music? Well, uh, yeah, definitely the, the theater influence. I totally accidentally fell into that. Like I, I did a lot of theater in high school, but then when I was in about six years ago, I was like, yeah, I'm going to write a musical. And then I did. And that was a whole story that we can get into a little later if you want. But uh, yeah, the way, the way it ties into everything is like, I love like really epic grand music. And so like, you know, applying like, you know, the, the, the string parts, like, you know, to the hip hop stuff. And then also having like, you know, the rock influence and like, you know, I sing, I rap, I scream and like, you know, putting all of that, like, you know, in a blender and coming, coming out with it. That's kind of what Minerva is. I love that. It's kind of like a musical smoothie in a way, the way that you said, it's just like, <laughs> put it in a blender. It's a musical smoothie. Sounds refreshing. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of you writing a musical, for those who don't know the story, you wrote a jukebox musical based off the music of 21 Pilots. So yeah, yeah uh, go ahead and get into that story for those who aren't familiar with it. Oh God, that's <laughs> truly the proudest thing I've ever done in my life. I'm not going to lie. So yeah, about, uh, I want to say October of 2015, I just turned 19. Uh, uh, I was, I discovered, uh, uh, 21 pilots and, uh, specifically blurry face. Like I was, I came in a little late on that train, but uh, yeah, I remember listening to that record. That was like the first like new band I really discovered in college. And uh, I just remember hearing the last song in it, Goner and being like, this is a stage show. And then I started getting more into the band and I was like, okay, this lore with like, you know, with blurry face and everything else that the band has created. I'm like, someone should totally like make a jukebox musical out of this music because the music is so theatrical to begin with. And I was like, someone should do that. I think I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I'd never had any experience doing any, anything in that lane before. I'd acted a bit in high school because my school didn't have a music program. So I couldn't be a band kid, but, uh, but yeah, we, I was like, let's figure this out. Let's see what happens. So it took me a very long time to get it right. But eventually I, uh, about 17 drafts later, I finally like got to a point. I'm like, I'm really proud of this. And I did like a workshop in Nashville and I also did a free debut performance in New York to like test the show apps. And like, that was a dream come true. We had like a full house and like, you know, my cast was incredible. Still talk to them to this day. It's wonderful. But basically I, yeah, I made a trailer for the show and I put it online. Cause I was like, all right, it's a jukebox musical. I know I need the band's permission if I want to get this project off the ground. So because of that, I was like, all right, cool. Let's, uh, let's try to get the fans behind it. If I can get the fans behind it, I think that the label and the publisher and the band themselves might actually be into it. Yeah, so basically when I released this trailer, it went viral very quickly. Like overnight, it was like I had a page for the show, an Instagram page, and I'm pretty sure we got 2,000 followers in one day, if I remember correctly. And so, yeah, very much like my phone was just going off and going off and it was wild. And just getting that validation of like people were into this project. And so thing is, when I dropped the project, it kind of split the fan base in two. Half of them were like, oh my God, this is brilliant. I love this idea. And then the other half were uh, not too happy with it. I got a couple death threats. That was real fun from some 15-year-olds. From Oh yeah, they're passionate people, those 21 Pilots fans. The click is uh, is very much there. But yeah, they very much misinterpreted uh, what I was going for. A lot of them thought that like my main character was going to be Tyler Joseph himself and that like I was going to be trying to like make money off his mental health issues when in reality the story was about my journey with mental health. And so yeah, basically uh, because I split their fan base into, I did as much damage control as I could, but like there was only so much I could do because uh, Twitter is a powerful thing. 
And so, yeah, basically I eventually I uh, emailed the manager. I was like, Hey guys, so I got this crazy response. We've had 3,600 people follow this page. Like, you know, I really think we have something here. If you guys are interested, let me know. And unfortunately they did hit me back with a cease and desist letter. But at the same time, like I really got so much out of doing that project. Cause like I, I discovered my passion for theater through that. I also like became such a better uh, arranger and better songwriter by analyzing all their songs. And so it's really helped uh, my journey as Minerva at this point. And also it's been really cool because so many people who got on, uh, started following me because of the show started then pivoting over to Minerva. So that was really how I built like the beginning of my fan base, which was really cool. And, you know, I'm very, very grateful for every single one of those people. Yeah, it's like a learning journey because like that would stop somebody if if you got like a cease and desist letter for somebody that you admire. But then you like you said, you took away a lot from it. Like it's a very much a learning experience that transitioned into your solo artist work. Yeah. And speaking of your solo artist work, uh, one of my favorite tracks of yours is Geek. What was the inspiration behind that record? Oh, God, I love Geek. Uh, so Geek, Geek was my first track. Uh, that was the first one. I, I literally say that in the song because I'm <laughs> meta like that. But uh, but yeah, uh, that, that song, I wrote that in like November of 2018, I want to say. Uh, I was actually, I was working a restaurant job. I was working at a breakfast place and I was a busboy. So like, you know, it, very, very mindless work, very much like, you know, you're just kind of going. And uh, yeah, I was... I was listening to like a lot of hip hop at that point. I was very deep in, deep in my rap hole. And I was like, God, every rapper has like, you know, the super braggadocious, like I'm the best kind of like song, but like, that's so not who I am. Like I, I've always had a lot of like confidence and self-worth things. And I, I've also just like, I'm not cool. I've never been cool. I don't ever plan to be cool. That's just not a thing. And so because of that, I was like, well, I'm a geek. I should write a song about like being a geek. So I'm working this restaurant job and I'm like, first track I had to show all the people that I can rap. And so I'm like literally like heading to the bathroom to like, you know, write down lyrics. Like, you know, as we're going, I wrote that whole, the whole song actually in that shift, like, you know, as, as I'm like busting tables. And so, uh, thankfully my manager didn't catch me very happy about that. But uh, yeah, so that one, I remember when I wrote it, I was like, cool. I think this is like the perfect intro track for like what I'm trying to do and what I want this persona to be. And yeah, so then from there that started the career and, uh, it worked out nicely because I got the cease and desist letter. And then I want to say, Two weeks later, probably was when Geek dropped. So actually, like Alternative Press and Kerrang and iHeartRadio wrote about the musical, and a lot of them actually were like, "Well, either way, he's dropping his first single on February 21st." And I was like, "Thank you, that's so nice." So yeah, you know, the timing, the timing of it all really worked out well. And now you have an upcoming single called "Stuck." What was it like working with Corey Shore, and what was the message that you hope the listener takes away from the song? Yeah. So, um, Corey and I, we go way back. So I lived with Corey, uh, for three years in college and, uh, yeah, we, uh, we met in a frat that we both dropped out of because it was horrendous, <laughs> but you know, it makes bonds, you know, that that's real brotherhood right there. But, uh, yeah, basically I, uh, uh, so I wrote, we wrote the song back in December of last year. And yeah, basically I was, I was really at a new, a, a new low at that point. So, like, it was not fun. Uh, just the pandemic, like I started my career in February of 2020 and the world ended in March. Which, like, you know, timing was great from the musical piggybacking, but not for the state of the world. And so uh, I remember moving home and just being absolutely, like, trapped and just, like, in the same cyclical, like, Groundhog Day, like, situation where, like, I'd wake up every day, I'd, like, you know, try to work on music, but be like, what's the point? Then I'd start playing video games or, like, you know, going through social media or just watching old TV shows. I just felt like such a loser because, like, my self-worth has always been connected to productivity and I was getting nothing done. So, I mean... 
yeah, before I knew it, I was, I was drinking more than I ever, than I ever should have been. And it was just did not look good. And so when I came back, I wrote, I wrote stuck with him and it, like, we just got that thing out there so fast. Like, you know, the track came together really, really easily. Like the lyric, I think we wrote the chorus in like 30 minutes or something. And then, yeah, just working with him is wonderful because since I know him so well, and since he's one of my best friends, it's like, Oh my God, like I can just be completely upfront and real with you. And like, you know, you're not going to like, you know, you're going to push me to keep going further. Like I remember he'd be like, I'd be like, well, this is how I feel. He's like, that's cool. But like, you know, let's get to the root of that. It's like, that's the effect. Like, what are you really feeling there? I'm like, well, I feel like, you know, I'm running out of hope and like, you know, I just, at the rate I'm going, I'm going to end up alone. He's like, there it is. There's stuff like that. And so, I don't know. It was very much, it's the most cathartic ride I've had in a long time. And I knew that was going to be my comeback single because I haven't released music in nine months, just, you know, due to the world ending and just trying to get my life back on track. Like, after writing Suck, I decided to uh, stop drinking and decided to enroll in therapy. Actually, I just went this morning. It was wonderful. And yeah, basically, that was like kind of a turning point for me as a person. I feel like writing that song really helped me grow up a lot. And I think what you wrote about is essentially what a lot of creatives went through when the pandemic hit because the world did shut down, like you said. And it really affected the creative arts because that like, I mean, we rely on people to make our business go like to for the cogs of our business to go whether it be an audience or whether it be people to help make things happen behind the scenes that's what our literal industry is built off of i was reading about how like your creative process behind it and so many creatives probably related to it because they got like that momentum they're like yeah i'm gonna be creative i have this downtime i can like write i can learn to hone my craft i can be better at this and they get that momentum and then boom that wall hits they're like shoot what do I do now? Like, what is my life now? Like they hit that wall. And so my question was going to be, what would your advice to creatives be who had built up that momentum and then they hit that wall? I I think, uh, you know, I really need to take my own advice on this one, but I think it's uh, learning how to pivot. Uh, Like, for example, I had so many friends like, okay, cool. They had like massive tours like booked and stuff. And then they're like, okay, cool. That's not working. I'm going to take all that time and energy I was going to do to that like going to TikTok, for example. A lot of friends are like massive TikTok stars now and got like potential record deal, like things on the table because of that. I now need to listen to my own advice because I'm terrible at social media. But you know, we're working on it. And that's definitely what I'm doing after this interview is TikTok. But, uh, but yeah, basically, I would say that and also just like let yourself relax. Like I, I find so many people like burn themselves up and like, you know, drive themselves crazy because they're like, oh, I have to be doing this. And like, you know, like creativity is it's a mind state and like you know you're not always able to tap into it like you can do things to force it and like you know to get it going but like when you get that thing of inspiration and it's just very organic that's going to be the best stuff to begin with so like hey you know what if you're not feeling it today like you know give yourself a day but give yourself a day don't give yourself four months like i did no that's very important yeah like uh, i think that's something that creatives need to learn too is just to give themselves the grace of having a day just so to breathe and to process feeling stuck, uh, not to be funny or anything, uh, but hey, uh, but yeah, like just to sit with that time and that feeling because they like you and like me, we want to be productive all the time. And many of us, similar to like what you were saying, we base uh, how we're doing or our success based on our productivity. And I feel like that shouldn't be the case. I was watching a bunch of interviews with different actors and I forgot who said it, but one actor was saying that success shouldn't be about 
how much you've done, how much, you know, like how many accolades you have. You should define the success the day that you feel happy with what you're doing. Like if you can wake up and you're happy with what you're doing, that is what success means. And so I feel like, yeah, like creatives, we should be able to give ourselves a little bit of grace whenever we're having those days because we're not going to want to create every day. There's going to be some days when we wake up, we're going to be like, I don't want to record that TikTok. I don't want to record that song. I don't want to write that book. Like there's going to be some days when we're going to feel like that. We have to give ourselves the grace to feel that way. I remember growing up, uh, people would always ask me like, you know, what do you want to be, be when you grow up? And uh, my answer was always happy. Like, you know what I mean? And like, I didn't, I didn't really knew, know what that meant because I knew, I knew I wanted to do something creative, but like, you know, it was like, is it going to be music? Is it going to be theater? Uh, I'm a drummer as well. So it's like, is it going to be playing drums for other people? It's like, I, I didn't know. And it, it was like, you know, I, for the first time in my life right now, I actually feel like it's like, oh my God, I'm really in the groove and I'm, I'm not there yet, but I'm, I'm happy. And it's like, that's really all I could want. So I can't wait to finally release this single. And I also got an EP coming down the line as well. And it's like, Oh God, these songs, it's going to get darker before it gets better. But like what I'm writing now for later is going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) You talked about it a little bit, but why is it important for creatives to look after their mental health? Like we, we started talking about it, like giving ourselves grace and, and just like, being okay with feeling stuff. And then you talked about going to therapy, which I am a total advocate for. I feel like more creatives need to get into therapy, but why is it important for us to look after our mental health? Well, I, I think just artists and health in general is always a slippery slope. Cause uh, I, I know for me, for example, uh, I always say like my, my working out and my uh, music career success is kind of inverse like, for example, like, you know, when, when music's not really doing anything right now, I'm on the grind and like, you know, I'm in the best shape of my life. And then as it starts happening, it's like, I don't have time to go do this. And so like so many of my friends, it's like, you know, they sacrifice like, you know, sleep and they sacrifice like, you know, like checking in themselves or like their friendships and relationships because they're chasing that success. And again, like you, you got to work, you got to sacrifice in order to make this stuff happen. But like, there is a happy medium. Like my mom always used to say like, you know, if your if your life is a wheel and like you know if one spoke is just much, so much bigger than the other the wheels aren't going to turn right it's like you know having that balance between like all the different things so it's so important to keep keep check of your mental health because don't get me wrong being the tortured artist it's great I totally ha- have those vibes a lot because like you know I'm happy on the outside and then music is my outlet for all the negative emotions but like it, you don't need to torture yourself in order to create and I think so many people me included forget that sometimes. Because it's just, it's tapping into a different energy. If you were starting in the industry today, what's some advice that you would give yourself knowing what you know now? <laughs> Damn it, Matt, go to therapy. Number one. But yeah, I would say, I'd say that. Hmm, I'd, I'd say, I'm just trying to figure out how to phrase this. When I moved into Nashville, I was like, I, I grew up in DC. So I'm very, I'm very much a straight shooter. And I remember <laughs> being very, a little too brutally honest with a lot of people growing like, you know, when I first came here and like really souring some first impressions and relationships because like, you know, I was either too much or just like, yeah, man, your song sucks. Okay, great. Move on. Like, you know what I mean? And stuff like that. And like, really, I think cultivating relationships is so much more important than like, you know, than critiquing product. If people want like, like, you know, criticism and like advice from you, like they're going to ask it, you know what I mean? But like, there's so much ego in this industry. And like, you know, if you, if you start doing like, you know, doing this and really bruising that for a lot of people, it's like, not everyone can take that immediately. And like, sometimes you just gotta like, you know, it's better to like ease your way into like certain camps. And that doesn't mean be fake. That doesn't mean be, mean lie. Just like, you know, 
you don't have to give like a hundred percent of everything that you got, like, you know, on the first meeting of someone. And as a person, that was always my problem too. Cause I'd be like, you know, a spaz off the walls when I met someone cause I was nervous. And then like, they'd be like, who the hell are you? And so, yeah, if I, if I could uh, do it again, I'd definitely be a little better about that. And also just, you know, be you like as an art, as an artist, people are going to like see through inauthenticity and like, you know, whatever that means. Like, I know for me, it's like, I love rock music. I love rap music. It's like, is it cool to do the both at the same time? Not really. Is it kind of coming back around right now? Yes. But it's like, Hey, I'm going to, I've had so much more success since accepting that. And like, you know, trying to pursue, pursue that fusion of music because it's like something I love and like the music's been better for it than like when I was just trying to be like, you know, a straight up hip hop artist where like, you know, okay, this, this trap stuff really isn't me. It's a part of me, but it's not me, like me as it is. I love that. It it also, I mean, it has to be about the authenticity. It has to be about finding who who you are as an artist and sticking to that and not like molding into what people decide that you are just based on like little, little snap judgments that they see of you. People like, you know, Billie Eilish or like, you know, so so many people who are like really popping off. It's because like, you know, they, they're so themselves and they know who they are. And like, you know, and people are really drawn to that because it's like, oh my God, like, you know, one, you're saying every you're saying everything that I'm thinking, but I'm a bit afraid to say. And two, it's like you know you're so you, and by seeing that, I feel like I can be myself instead of like having to like succumb to all the media and societal pressures that we put our, on ourselves. And oh my god, like I I've been so guilty about that. I I've, I've, until like four months ago, I was like afraid to even like tell anyone what I listened to until like you know they did first because I was like oh they're just gonna judge me. So what's the absolute point? Well, Matt, this has been absolutely fascinating. I've I've enjoyed your outlook as an artist, and I feel like so many people are going to get something out of this conversation. So I'm going to turn the floor over to you, and you can tell people to where to find you on social media, to check out your TikTok or, or your music. And yeah, I'm going to turn the floor over to you. For sure. All right. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at I underscore am underscore Minerva, but no I, so M-N-E-R-V-A. And yeah, you can find me on YouTube and Facebook as well. Just look up Minerva. It's me. Make sure that like, you know, you do M-N-E-R-V-A and not have Google spell check for you. Uh, But yes. And then I got a new single coming out in two days, which is wild on April 30th, Stuck very soon. And then I got, uh, after that, I'm working on finishing up mixing and mastering my uh, next EP. It's called Talk Too Much. And that'll be coming out this summer at some point. Wonderful. Matt, thank you so much for speaking with me. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much, Steph. This has been fun. Special thanks to Minerva for being today's guest. What I really took away from our conversation is that he took a situation that could have easily stopped him in pursuing music and he turned that into a feel for his own solo artist career. If you want to learn more about Minerva, visit the links in the show notes. Popner Lounge is executive produced by Steph Pham and V Co. V Co serves as the show's creative director, and Steph Pham serves as the show's host and editor. You can find us on social media at Popner Lounge. And for all things Popner Lounge in one convenient hub, visit us online at popnerlounge.com. That's it for this week's episode. We hope you tune in next time for another conversation with a fellow creative. I'm Steph Pham. <laughs>